till we couldn't shake no more. We got down on our knees when cancer knocked at our door. We got kicked in the ass. We gave lots of sass. Oh, when it rains, it falls into this half full glass. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. Hi, I'm Mimi Hall. And I'm Leanna House. And you're listening to Thanks Cancer. We are two cancer friends. And we're not doctors. We're not nurses. We're not shrinks. We're not psychics. We're not shamans. No, and cancer's pretty hard, too. I mean, cancer's a little hard. You might hear some swearing words in the episode. Ben, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish that we had when we were going through our treatment. And we're live. Oh, my God. Live. We are alive. We are alive, That's what today's episode is about. About being alive? Yeah, you just came back from an appointment. I had an appointment with my medical oncologist today, and I haven't seen her since before the pandemic started. Mm. I was talking about how my five-year anniversary from diagnosis is coming up in August. Yeah. So I, it is it is kind of a big deal. And I also ended up talking about the podcast with a couple of people at the cancer center, one of them being my like traveling nurse. And I said that I've accomplished everything with a podcast that like I set out to accomplish, nice. which is arguably a bigger deal than the five years. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's cool. The reason that I went into this is because I had no one. I looked for a cancer podcast when I was diagnosed and it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I had no one to talk to. And so Mm -hmm. I met you and Mm -hmm. we had someone to talk to. But Mm -hmm. yeah, my appointment today was was good. I like talked about my drug regimen and like all of the all of the treatments after active treatment. And it got me like thinking about the future. And I'm like, for all intents and purposes, like done. After five years, you have the way less chance of getting a recurrence. And you kind of get kicked off the like, we're worried about you. And that's really nice. Um, And it's also like, kind of a weird change. Like, I'm not sure how I feel about all of this. Yeah. So I also, so I'm one year, I think, almost exactly ahead of you with diagnosis, treatment or all of that. And I was told that it's five years from when you finish your last chemotherapy regimen. I don't know. That's what my oncologist used. Is what they consider the like five years for purposes. But she also told me that every day that went by... I was just stepping further and further away statistically from ever having. I mean, she was very supportive of the whole thing. I mean, the fact is you're getting into years four or five, three, four, five without a recurrence. God bless. You know, we seem to be in one of the 70%. Maybe, maybe we think, we think, but it is kind of like, it's interesting because with talking with her, I suddenly had this realization of like, oh, I have to think about retirement. Right? Like, that's like, different like I'm going to be around. Maybe. Like, maybe. Maybe I'm going to be around, so we have to think about, like, long-term 
problems and long-term solutions now. More in just a different way than maybe we would have a few years ago, right? Well, no, a few years ago, we didn't have the bandwidth to think about any long-term anything. I was just, I mean, I was ready to like, okay, like, who does my house go to kind of thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, I was ready to just give it up. Like, now I'm like, oh, I may have to live in this house rather than leave it to my niece. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's just different. And that's great. Like, it's such an honor to have that. To have these problems. Yeah. These are luxury problems. These are definitely luxury problems. And so we are in that. So what we're visiting today is an episode that we did back in August of 2018, August 5th. Which is bananas. Yeah, stages of cancer. So we went through in that one, stages one, two, three, and four of cancer recovery, like after cancer. And now we're going to follow that up with the like four more stages or three. I don't know. The, okay. the stages that we've discovered along yeah, the journey. Yeah, or that we've shared too. Because I think there's a pattern. Last time we talked a lot about Spain. Yes. Maybe a cancer diagnosis will make you want to do a podcast, which seems to be proven out by a lot of new cancer podcasts. So uh, see you, girls. The, 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 the breast cancer, yeah. See you, girls. I, I was talking to the traveling nurse today about how great it is that there's so many mm-hmm. podcasts now popping up. Like, we have the podcasts that we've um, featured on the show, like, you know, Intersections of Breast Cancer and Life and, you know, DJ Breast Cancer and all of those. But there's also, like... A yeah, you, of, me, and the big C is so huge. Well, you, me, you, me, and the big C. I mean, they don't need our advertising. But the, the other thing is that there's there's a couple of cancer podcasts that have come out recently that are very exciting to me. Like, there's the Guys with Cancer podcast. And mm-hmm. guys are... I never see guys that, like, support groups. So, like, I'm so happy to see some men, like, talking about cancer. Um, because it's, yeah. it's heavily dominated by women. And then I've also seen some um, metastatic breast cancer podcast pop up which is so great because our podcast can't really address that well we hope not it well could. we hope not we may but if we hope not we hope not i have i know i'm chilling for like all the big boys here but um dying for sex is a great one about mm-hmm. someone it, it, i actually think it touches on caregivers and those going through metastatic breast cancer and living through that as a young person. Um, I really highly, highly suggested that. Well, I will say take that your antidepressants. I think I think that the more cancer podcasts we have out there, the better scaffolding we have for these stages yeah. of cancer recovery, right? Yeah. So what's our what's our first stage? Yeah. What's our, what's our fifth stage? Our fifth stage of cancer recovery. Wait, our fifth stage of cancer recovery is... Wait, I can't even read my writing. Resentment. <laughs> <laughs> it's not I was looking at an arc. I was uh, like, what's that, Mimi, Mimi has terrible hands. She has beautiful you know, hands. I have artistic She has sociopathic. beautiful, incomprehensible handwriting. It's not easy to read. It's gorgeous. Even to myself. Okay, so resentment is our first... Okay, so... Yeah, talk to us about resentment. Okay, so at my appointment today, because last time I met with my medical oncologist, we talked about I didn't get a double mastectomy because I wanted to have kids. Right. 
and I went through the whole fertility thing. And like, I've talked on the podcast about fertility. And I still like, it was interesting talking today to my medical oncologist about because she was she was I was talking about like, maybe getting another mastectomy and what that would look like. And she was talking about like, well, you want to have kids. And I'm like, do I do I want to have kids? And I've always wanted to have kids. And I like I look at the Instagram and like, see all of like my friends with their their tots with their tots and their babies and all of the like adorableness and this was the life that I thought I was gonna have and I don't have the life that I ever thought I was gonna have and that that is like a recipe for resentment right yeah and at the same time Instagram is really quite a thing isn't it because you're not seeing the other side of it I know, I know. And I mean, the thing is, too, one of the things that we've talked about during this resentment time, and I don't know, it's something that I never thought about. And I, I mean, I obviously come at this from a place where I didn't have the choice to have kids. And I have my own different kinds of thoughts about that. But mainly, I'm at peace with it. One of the things that's come up for me with knowing you is the thought of like, oh, well, if I have kids, what if I have a recurrence? Mm-hmm. And you got to almost play this weird game where it's like, okay, yeah, you want to be five years out, but then your fertility, tick tock, tick tock. So right. like, what's that game all about? So I don't know. I kind of feel like it's really interesting the ways we get pushed and pulled in society. And I actually feel it falls very much under resentment because it's a resentment that's not only special to cancer people either. It's just like our generation, like we were not given the roles necessarily young enough to like have kids when we were younger, which in some ways might have been better than waiting until we're old and getting cancer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's, it's just, it's tough. It is, it is tough. And I I don't have any answers either. And for part of, part of what I think about is I resent the fact that everything I do, I have to work twice as hard. Yeah. Because there's so many things that used to come easy for me that are now I am climbing uphill through snow. Yes, I, I totally and agree I with completely that. resent the fact that I have to work so goddamn hard to stay exactly where I was, or where you thought you were, or where I thought I was, or where I am. Like it's, right. everything is so much more difficult, and I resent having to work so hard. I resent it. Yeah. So I really resent this. So I, you know, I had this fiction in my head, which is complete fiction of like, okay, so I went through this really bad divorce. That was hard for me. And I got through it. And then I was just recovering. And then I just like hit my stride, just come back, you know, and was supporting myself, having a good life that I rebuilt just after that divorce. And then I get cancer. Oh my God. Lightning's strikes twice so you sort of feel like that was that was you know that's my internal story such bs by the way so then my next internal story is well that's fine that's done like the fiction is like oh it won't strike three times or four times well hello so <laughs> you know, like, like your struggles are over right no so you know it's like you get cancer you like you then you think you're done with that and then it's like there's covid and you lose your job and it's just like ah uh, so this constant like recreation 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 i'm just like 
Wow. That's been something I've felt lately. Just like, oh, God. It's just like wave after wave after wave. Of destruction. Of complete destruction. Not complete destruction after. Yes, there's been waves. Let me just say this. It's been various sets of waves. Some waves have been completely destructive. Some have just been mildly destructive. But you're just like rebuilding. So it hurts even more in some ways. Because you're like, I just restarted rebuilding my castle in the sand. And then the wave comes in and it's like, no, COVID. And so, yeah, so I just, it's one of those things where it's like right when I feel like I just have gotten righted. You know, I've lifted myself up out of like the you know, the washing machine of that wave and come up for air, another wave hits. And it's just been like that fiction. And so I guess, and that's just life. I'm sort of accepting like that's just the way life is. And um, I've just been lucky enough, I think, not to have a series of waves much earlier. Some people have them earlier. Some people have them their whole lives. You know, some people don't survive them. You can't avoid the waves. Not with with the rising ocean levels. Yeah. No, very much feels tied to that. So, and I have lots of dreams I have so many dreams about oceans like Mm -hmm. and all my like precognitive dreams that were like giving me ideas that I had cancer were always taking place in the ocean so there's something to those waves there's just there's sort of this um exhaustion anyway so that's my thought about resentment okay well resentment let's move on from resentment I can't let yeah let's let the sun shine in see we're in the darkness now let's come into the light victories in the dark on the ground (laughs) so the Next stage of cancer recovery that we want to talk about is relationships. Right. Because I discovered through, like, over the past couple of years, I've realized that all of my relationships right now are with people who've had cancer. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad to be involved in the cancer community because I find such camaraderie and I'm very fulfilled being able to, like, be a part of connecting people to other people and, like, being with the people who understand me. But at the same time, like, I never would have been friends with, like, Betty. Like, we never would have met in real life. Right. Or right. Allie. Like, all or of me. These- or I mean, I guess I right. guess you too. No, me too. We met in the weird not support group, support group facing forward, <laughs> facing forward, yeah, and facing forward. like all of my most meaningful relationships, like friendships, right now are with cancer people, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I didn't. These people have come into my life because of cancer. Thanks, cancer. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of odd. I don't know. You you have a lot of friends that are, like, non-cancer related. Yeah, because of just my age, too. Like, I mean, if I didn't, that would be weird. I mean, I had, like, no friends. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be odd, considering how long I've lived in Boston and whatnot. I had friends mm-hmm. before I had cancer, but there was, a, like, a huge... The Phoenix came There through. was a huge turnover. Yeah, well, there was... Uh, yeah, I mean, and for me, I have friends from, like, when I was five years old still that live in the... Well, no, don't even some of the family in the area, but a lot of them do. And um, if I was in Utah, I guess I would have a bunch of maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't. Who knows? It doesn't even matter. (laughs) But um, the point is relationships as far as me. So the last time we checked in, I just had my first relationship outside of cancer. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like 
I've got this figured out, which is like the way I always am. I'm so annoying <laughs> myself. And so, no, you're so optimistic and confident. Uh, they like, will follow you because they think you have like the answers. And let's see. So, like the day after Thanksgiving, um, my boyfriend at the time when we recorded the last podcast, I think like totally broke up with me, like so abruptly, like so abruptly, like literally like packed his bags in the night and left. And it was just like one of those things where I was just like, at first I was like, Oh my God. And then I was just like, let me help you pack. And so <laughs> well, good, good relationships don't end. Good, was, good relationships end in death. Right. I was shocked for a while, a little bit, because I was like, I really liked him, though, and I thought it was great. And, you know, whatever. So that was sad, and, but it happened. And I was like, well, if he, you know, obviously, obviously if he feels that strongly, he should go. And <laughs> yes. Yes. Let the bird fly. If you love someone, set them free. And so I did, and that was that. And I've gotten a few weird um, things from him from... Amazon. <laughs> no, I think we should have kept that pasta maker dryer. Oh my god, there was a pasta maker dryer that okay. showed up like so many times. I would like mail it back. It has like, like super back. weird juju. We, couldn't, we, just, it, we would, couldn't get rid of it. it. I, was like, be, I was like, it does it not belong not be to me. No. Please pick it up. And then it would come back. So we brought it to the Goodwill because it was, a, and I was just like, I had this image of him being in love with a new Italian woman. And I was happy for him. So anyway, but so that ended and then I had a couple of like just disastrous flirtations that were kind of like whatever and then it was COVID oh god uh dating and COVID is like such a talk about swimming upstream oh my god and then you and I went on this day trip to Provincetown and I don't know what happened I don't know what did happen Provincetown inspired us I don't know what happened we just went to race point and like you know and just like we're swimming until the seals came. We uh, seals ruined the day. We got our thanks. Cancer got their groove back. We got our groove back, and I came home and I was like, "I'm gonna start dating." And now I met this guy who I really like, and I'm like, now I look back at my old relationship and I'm like, "Wow, this is really cool." So I you're feel- like, you're like that that previous relationship was terrible, and this new relationship is way better. No, not that extreme. Just that, like, if we're talking about stages, just to be fair, like, I feel like that relationship was stage four, and this relationship is, like, stage six. Like, it's different. It's a different... Stage four is terminal, and stage six sounds new and exciting. I think it's pretty saucy. And, you know, in, like, a a nice way. So, um... See, the, the thing that I thought about with dating is I didn't want to date right after I got through cancer because... I didn't feel like I was done baking. Yes, I remember you talking a lot about I'm not set yet. And I didn't want to, like, I didn't know who I was. So how do I go into a situation where I'm supposed to, like, present myself as a cohesive human being? I would do a lot of, like, I would, like, greet Leanne at my door with my cats over my shoulder. And I would sing, do you know where you're going to? And, and no, I don't. And I didn't. Ben, she would be like, no, Benny, no, you don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I'm 
good. Sing your songs. Right. Um, but I, I got in on the last train, I guess. Oh, my God. Okay, so here's the deal. Can I tell a little <laughs> yes, bit of story? Tell yes. Tell the story. Yes. Okay. So I'm dating, and I, like, meet this guy, and I'm like, hey, you know, I it seems to be working for me. Why don't you try? And Leanne was like, ah! at first I was like I'm not dating until 2021 right she was that was her whole mantra and then I was like well listen (laughs) this COVID thing does not seem to be going away the way I see it with a job and a guy who has a job you've got about eight hours of daylight (laughs) and counting down that you've got to date during the weekends and it was getting colder and colder people and we live in Boston so it was like and she was going on and all you can do is go for walks which is really weird by the way like walks or something that like you do when you're not, an old person well you don't usually when you're dating you meet people in public places which like, was feasible bars. when I was dating but then right by the time you got on I was like girl the bars are closing <laughs> the bars were closed because it was cold it was there snowing was <laughs> There were occasional flurries. And I was like, Leanna, the last train is leaving the station. If you're going to date, I do it now. Because waiting till 2020, it's just like you're not going to have a running start. (laughs) Aw, and I met my boyfriend November 8th. Oh my god, November eighth, nice, right? Yeah, I was nine ten. I was September tenth. It was it was pretty cold. Yeah, it was pretty cold. By I that know, point. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you gotta. You gotta it's so weird dating with masks on. Oh and, my god! Oh my god! And the first kiss is like so fucked up. No, the first kiss is like a proposal of marriage. <laughs> it literally is like your promise ring because <laughs> it's like you're like oh. uh, how are you uh, kissing other people? Yes, and I wasn't. It was like are you holding like hands or taking your mask off with other no, people. No, I would not reveal such scandalous. Oh my god, it feels so major. It feels so major. <laughs> You're like, am I going to kill your parents? And the, like, like it seems so backwards because the exclusivity comes like first. And then all of the other... <laughs> all right. So let's move on. Excuse me. No, it is... We should do another thing, like, just, like, dating and COVID, which has nothing to do with cancer, but just, it's, like, true. But we are um, the so voice of a relation. generation. Okay, that's no, a relationship. No, we're not. All right. It's, like, definitely two generations here, sweetie. All right. So, okay. So... Then we have restoration. Okay, so here is my thoughts about restoration. Right. Everyone who goes through cancer has this fiction that I am going to get back to normal and get back Uh, to something. This is like our COVID times. Yes, this is like COVID times. Mm -hmm. And there is, there's no going back. No. The restoration, this idea that I am owed what I had before that I mm. can recover what what I was before all of these things happened to me. And this loops into that other stage too of like being like no tragedies are going to happen to me because I've had my quota. And the fact <laughs> is I hate to say it there's no bottom. <laughs> no there is no bottom. There's no quota. However <laughs> bad it is it, it can could, always get worse. It could get so much worse. Oh, oh my god. I mean and we see that I mean for, for better or for worse, in being in part of this podcast is you see people who get... That stuff happens. Well, and... Stuff happens. Here's the thing. The restoration, I don't want what I had before because what I had before gave me motherfucking cancer. Why would I want right. that back? 
you know, sometimes someone will get diagnosed with cancer and I'll just say, wow, I'm really worried. And they'll be like, no, here she has a great attitude. And I'm like, ugh. I I get it, and they do, but they just got diagnosed. They don't even know. How could they know? They do not know. This is going to suck. And your, it's just like, it sucks. Your, it sucks. your cancer journey doesn't start yeah. until you're done with your cancer journey. Oh, God. So restoration. So I had this meeting with my doctor, like, last year, where it was like, okay, so you're going to live. And I was like, okay, then. <laughs> So, <laughs> you were like, yay? I know. I was like, okay, then. Well, no, I've actually taken things a little bit more serious. I've, I've buckled down a little bit of my plans through life, and I'm thinking a little bit more long-term. I'm also trying to keep a light hand, because I feel like do feel like the sort of Damocles is hanging over me, but there is time for restoration. Like, the waves have died down maybe enough so I can build some things out of stucco, if not sand, you know, and maybe they will stay through some waves. And so that's where I'm at right now. And for me, that's looking at more, like, long-term, like, okay, what's my next play between here and, like, maybe not retirement, but the next 10 years is the way I like to think of it. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't know about retirement for me ever. Like, that's just, like, I'm always going to be involved because I'm such a busy body. But you um, really are. You're super nosy. Well, no, I like to be involved in a lot of things that matter to me. You know what I mean? So, also, I finally am getting my master in urban gardening education right now. And we're composting. Oh, my God. We're totally composting as a result of it, which is super interesting. It doesn't smell nearly as bad as I thought. But it's all kind of part of my restoration because building a garden means having hope. And it's like, I also just am getting back involved with the community in different ways, I think, through this. Or I see myself doing that once the, um, you know, the COVID is over. So definitely restoration. But it means, I do think the restoration does mean, like, getting tougher and moving from, like, building castles out of sand to building castles in stucco to hopefully building them in brick. And stone. And stone. I love the stone. So rebuilding is our last... Oh my god, segue to rebuilding. Because we have to, when you realize that you're going to live, you have to, like... You have to build. You have to build yourself. You have to, you have to like plan long term for the future. Right. And that's a, that's like not a comfortable space to be in when for the past five years I've been like dealing with acute, you know, putting out the fires as they come up. Yeah. And for me, it means physically rebuilding. So I've had to just take like a greater interest in like rebuilding my blood back up, you know, getting iron infusions, getting vitamin B shots, making sure that I'm really eating very artistically for like this strange condition and, you know, just like taking better care. And being mindful of what, what bricks you're using to rebuild with. Totally. Because that's what you watch, that's what you eat, that's what you, that's the relationships you you have. Right, it's what your stress levels are at, like, all of it, exactly. And just, like, being mindful, and, like, if you feel like you need to take a nap, siesta, great, wonderful, you know. Like, it's just, it's being the rebuilding for me. But it's been hard, I won't, I won't lie, like, I am, I am such, it turns out I am such, like, a group exerciser, like, it seems so gross to me to say that. 
like I just like not being able to go at all to any yoga classes and not to be able to go at all to any like studios or gyms or anything is really hard for me. I mean, I have a rowing machine and I've been enjoying it. That's part of my rebuild right now, but I, I do feel sort of lonely. Well, we're at, we're at a year of this coronavirus I know. situation and it is, it is really hard. All of the yeah. loneliness and all of the isolation and everything is like really um, baked in now, I guess, after a year. I mean, in a way, it's kind of, it levels us out with other, everyone else. You know what I mean? Like our, our whole, I'm just realizing most we talk about this 2.0, you know, of stages of cancer, we're so in sync with society right now. Like so many of the things we're talking about are really unique to us, you yeah. know, like they're very universal right now. It's just sort of interesting. Because the whole world has gone through some trauma. Yeah, also, so because I have this, like, condition, you know, the conditions and everything, I just got the first shot because of where you work. You just got your second shot. Of the vaccination. The vaccination. So I've got some family stuff going on over in Europe. So I'm going, we talked a lot last time about going over to Spain, and I'm finally doing it now. (laughs) I am so gracious for it. I'm just like, we'll see. I mean, I just, I wrote to my parents, and I was like, let's see if this time works. But, you know, I'm really grateful. I'm going to spend, like, not a long time. They'll call it an American vacation over there. But, like, you know, 10 days, just, like, in, you know, Mallorca. And I'm just really excited to just chill and be with the them in the finca i don't think the city this the places are open okay well we're gonna have to see if the stages of cancer recovery in spain play out i really feel spain is a magical place for cancer curing and if it isn't i just pretend it is which is part of my research. Um, so I guess that's one of my let's let's segue maybe into um, protocols. protocols. My protocol is maybe Spain. It was last time <laughs> too. Okay, so, that, that's always a protocol. Maybe Spain. Spain, Spain maybe is Spain. always a protocol. Right. My protocol is how about don't have terrible relationships with terrible people. Have oh amazing God. relationships with amazing people. Yeah, like, I feel when I got through cancer, I got through a lot of my, like, attraction to kind of funky, complex relationship. And I think I just kind of told myself that, but I was like, well, placebo is 30%, so why not? You know what? I have no patience for that anymore. Yeah, me either. I don't want any bullshit. I don't want any bullshit relationships. I want, like, real, authentic, and, like, interesting. Like, I've met so many interesting people through this. Yes. Like, Mary J. Blige says, real love. Real love. Yeah. I agree. Like, while my last relationship wasn't, like, well, it ended in this weird, abrupt, setting way, at the same time, it was a really nice relationship, and all of my relationships since cancer treatment have been great. Like, they've been really great in their own ways. I just think we become a little bit more mindful. Mindful. What is the word I'm looking for here? We distinguish better between what's the salt and what's the sugar. Whatever you want. <laughs> you don't want the salt, then you want the sweet, and you don't want the sweet, and you want the salt. I'm dating a guy right now. He's sweet and salty. He's like I like him, like the way he is. He's you know I don't really like shellfish, but. Salty. I think we got into relationships at the right time. Yeah, it was good. Like, seriously, right before the darkness. 
All okay, right. So, so protocols, uh, what, what's the other protocol? The protocol is like sweet and salty. How about <laughs> the protocol is find your light in the darkness. Oh yeah. I do think guys, like seriously, the victories in the dark is what it's all about because it's all dark. Well, it's just, the thing is, it's like, I, here's what I want to say. I feel like the darker it is, the bigger the victory is that you can have. It's almost like going dark and deep into the cave and like the bigger the dragons are going to be, but the bigger the prize. I think that the darker it becomes, the more you realize that the light is within you. Okay. It sounds super cheesy, but it's true. No, I like, think it's cheesy. I mean, I think my dragon thing is a little cheesy too, <laughs> but you know, whatever. Well, you... I like dragons. You are the source of your own happiness. And you're the source of, own dragons, the, of the change and everything. Everything is within you. Yeah. For those of you guys who have been long-term listeners, I'm listening <laughs> to Robert Ohato again. <laughs> Which is good. That's I really she has to listen to me and be like, so I'm trying to say this from a holographic intuition perspective. <laughs> it's true. No. <laughs> but you know what? I love your holographic no, it, Well, I love Robert Ohado and, and I love I love the whole concept. So, but I do believe it's just about finding your soul's journeys too. And like the more that I lean into like, okay, like this is just my soul journey. It's just life school, you know, like whatever comes I learn more because I do know that the more dramatic the life experiences the more lessons there are to be learned I mean you can learn nothing by the way you react in that life lesson but if you open yourself up you can learn a lot and I feel like we've both learned a lot so our stages have been increasingly interesting but again I do want to say I have been resentful about this <laughs> I really feel for those people who are metastatic or who oh, are going through active treatment right anyone, now. Anyone, anyone should who feels be an super urgency. resentful. I don't care what your situation is. Anyone who feels an urgency, I feel so bad for them right now. And I, oh, by the way, I'm, I feel that, but I know there's people who feel that more than me, you know, and so I just, I sympathize. I just feel like, oh, that's where some resentment comes in. But, you know, and that's real. Like part of being passionate for life, I think, is having some resentment, resentment when it gets taken away from you. Well, and your soul journey is recognizing all of these feelings and just letting them wash over you without judgment. Yeah, I totally, I mean, well, I don't know. That's my soul journey. <laughs> Okay. Just well, to say, but okay, we're going on a tangent. So uh, Tangent Island. Let me swim back from Tangent Island. Swim back. Swimming back. So I'm going to swim back from Tangent Island. Anyway, I think, guys, like, talk to us about what your soul journeys are. And what, are you what, what stages? Yeah, what stages have you gone through? What stages <laughs> have you seen? Because I don't think that everyone sees the same stages in their recovery. I guess I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder if other people feel the stages of recovery. I think they do. Because I think we have weird similarities that just come up. Every time we talk about this, I'm like, whoa, it's like the same journey. Well, go on the spring. <laughs> um, let's, let's have a thanks cancer retreat in Spain. Sure, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I really want to do this, guys. We're talking a lot about, well, no, top secret. I'm not going to talk about it. But we're thinking about maybe retreats. And next steps and where this Thanks Cancer goes from here. Yeah. All right, guys. Okay. Well, thanks, Leanna. Thanks, Mimi. Thanks, Cancer. Thanks, Cancer. 
That was our episode. Thanks for listening to Thanks Cancer. If you guys enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would give us a review on iTunes or Google Play. And you can find us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook at Thanks Cancer. And please, we'd love to hear from you your stories. Your protocols. Exactly. Advice that you have to share with the community. So send us your audio files at info at thanksgancer.com. traffic stopped, you lay on the horn and you ask yourself, where is my cancer unicorn? But we're at the gate with your cancer card. We're your passport date. Cause Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. <laughs>